Welcome to the Women's Football Podcast. This is our look at everything from internationally to the National League and beyond. I'm Luke Edwards and Liv, after a one-week stint, is having a well-earned rest. So you stuck with me again. Joining me once again, it is Alex Pereira. Hello, Alex. Hello, Luke. Thanks for having me on again. No, 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 don't worry. Glad to have you on. I'm making her first appearance of the season. It's a voice we've not heard for a while. It is Ailsa Karen. Hi, Ailsa. Ailsa, can't even say your name now. <laughs> it's all right. Thanks for having me back. It's nice to see you all. So we're going to go back to last week and the Champions League and Arsenal moved to the brink of qualification to the knockout stage after again overcoming Kerger, despite a resilient performance by the Danish visitors. They need only a point now for their remaining two Group C games to progress to the quarterfinals. Caitlin Ford opened the scoring from close range before the break. At late goals from Lottie Wubamoy and Vivian Miedemar sealed the victory. They face Barcelona next on the 9th of December and the Catalans remain the only team to beat the Gunners this season. And Alex, it was another impressive performance from Jonas Eideval's side, wasn't it? Yeah, it definitely was. Like that Vivian Miedemar, she's just, she's just been so good for Arsenal. I think she's got like a crazy stat of like, well, at the time it was like 110 appearances and 100 goals, which when you compare it to like her male counterparts, they can't seem to find the net most weeks. So... For her to solely do that by herself is amazing. And Arsenal have been sort of a surprise this season because normally you think Chelsea, City, all the pressure's on them. So Arsenal have gone about their their duties quite quietly and a bit under the radar. And, you know, they're doing well in the Champions League, top of the WSL. I'd say fair play to them. Yeah, they had a blow, didn't they, as well, though, Alex, over the last week. Uh, Leah Williamson's going to be out until Christmas now. And Wubba Moy said that that goal was for Williamson. But the, as well as Vivian Miedema, they do need to share the goals out a bit more now, don't they? Because they've lost that sort of 10, 15 goals from Leah Williamson. Yeah, there is always that, not reluctance, there is always that pressure, so to speak, that when you rely on players like Miedema and Williamson, that when, when one of them or both of them get injured, you start to think or where the goal is going to come from. But because they're in such a strong position in the Champions League, it's not so much a worry. Whereas in the league, now that the other teams around them have seen, oh, one of their star players is injured, that might be their time to finally stop Arsenal winning this season. The other game in the group saw Barcelona travel to Germany and they put five past Hoffenheim. The Germans managed to hold out for 41 minutes before Alexia Putella scored from the penalty spot. Quick five goals from Irene Paredes and Aitana Bonmati saw Barcelona pull away with Marta Torrejon and Amari Kurnogovic settling the tie. Ailsa, this sets up the game in December now very nicely, doesn't it? It certainly does. And we haven't been short of excitement again in the Women's Champions League. And it'll be great to see um, Arsenal take on... Um, Barcelona in a couple of weeks as well like what a fixture that'll be and uh, Chelsea of course have got Juventus as well and that was just another great fixture it's like the sort of fixtures that you expect to get excited around you know for the men's side and now we've got it for the women's side as well like it's just it's just really exciting and it's just great to see it as well. Be a real test to see how far Arsenal have come this season now won't it this game against Barcelona? Yeah it'll definitely be a real, a real sort of decider as to how they can hold on to their, you know, the recent form that they've had. And it'll certainly be a clear way of them sort of asserting the dominance in WSL as well. Like, look at us beating Barcelona now as well. Mm. Um, like, who, if Barcelona can't stop them, then, you know, 
who can, who's going to come and spoil the party for Arsenal. Also on Wednesday in Group D, a huge result for Bayern Munich. You beat Leon by a goal to nil thanks to Japanese international Saki Kumagai. Leon still topped the group, but only by two points. Also in Group D, Benfica gain revenge for their defeat at home to Hacken by going to Sweden and getting the three points. The Portuguese side got off to a flying start thanks to Chloe Lacasse. Ellen Rubinson, he grabbed the winner last week, equalised from the penalty spot, and Benfica left it late to claim the three points with Katarina Amado scoring in the third minute of stoppage time. On Thursday, Chelsea hosted Swiss side Servette, who they, who they had thumped 7-0 in Geneva a week ago. But this time it wasn't quite as straightforward at King's Medal. It took a goal from Sam Kerr in the 67th minute to break the deadlock and grab a vital three points. She collected Frank Kirby's pass, nutmegged the defender and fired into the bottom corner. Amadine Sulad's dismissal for a second booking paved the way for further chances for Chelsea, but they couldn't convert it. The other game in the group saw former winners Wolfsburg on the verge of an exit as they lost 2-0 at home to Juventus. Katarin Hendrik put the ball into her own net to give the Italians the lead, despite the home side Dominating possession, it was Juve who added a second in injury time to Andrea Staskova. The win now means that the Italians go up into second in the group. And Alex, that win, it puts Chelsea almost there now, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. And like Emma Hayes said in the post-match interview, like it was a really good performance, not just from Chelsea, but she gave respect to Servette because after Chelsea sort of demolished them last week, to come back and only concede one goal like the praise was well and truly deserved and honestly we said it before the Sam Kerr Frank Kirby combination it's just out of this world for Chelsea it's so vital for them that I dread I dread a time where either of them gets injured because they are such a force and they just understand each other's game so well you must be really happy as well Alex because Sam Kerr signed a new deal to keep at the Blues now until 2024 Oh, for sure. Like to have someone like Sam Kerr at Chelsea, she's just she's just taken Chelsea to that next level. And it's just it's just a joy to see someone like Sam Kerr come over to the WSL and actually do well. Because sometimes when players move to leagues, they find it difficult to adjust and it takes them a little bit of time. I know she got a lot of criticism in her first season in the WSL. But since then, she's definitely proved the haters wrong, definitely deserves all the praise she's getting. And it would be nice for her if Chelsea do get to knockout stages of the Champions League and do get to that final again. It would be nice for her and the whole team if they go on to win it. And, and as we mentioned, Ailsa, we obviously Chelsea take on Juventus next. I mean, that's a, that's a big game as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's, a, it's another massive game. It's just the Champions League calendar is just full of brilliant amazing fixtures that a couple of years ago it's like stuff you'd only like dream about being able to watch and witness for the women's game and I really think Chelsea are in with a fighting chance this year they're just I know Arsenal are obviously top at the moment but they're sort of just tipped sort of toe-to-toe with each other like there's only one point between them on the league you know on the league table at the moment as well and uh, yeah I just think Chelsea and Arsenal are just up there this season they've just done so well. In Group B, Paris Saint-Germain did the double over Real Madrid. They won 2-0 at the Estadio Alfredo Di Stefano. Like last week, it was Marianne Antoinette Cototo who opened the scoring with Sakina Kashiwi, adding a second with 20 minutes to go. That puts them through to the next round with a 100% record. The other game in the group saw Kharkiv win 2-0 in Iceland with goals from Yulia Sevchuk and Ola Avedigchuk. 
On to domestic matters now. It's a Conti Cup in midweek and we put a poll out on Instagram asking who everyone thought would win in the Manchester derby. And the majority went with Manchester United and for the first time since the Reformation, they beat their crossed City rivals. Vicky Lasada had opened the scoring for City, but Ivan Fuso equalised before Ongla Battler capitalised on a mistake to fire home the winner. City manager Gareth Taylor admitted that confidence is low and urged the fans to stick with them. City do stay top of Group B, having played one game more than second place United, while Leicester went third by beating Durham 2-0 for their first win of the season in all competitions. The women's championship leaders Liverpool moved top of Group A with a 2-1 win over Blackburn. And Sheffield United went second after surprisingly overcoming Aston Villa by the same scoreline. In Group C, Tottenham trounced Watford 11-0 to make it two wins from two in the competition. And there are also victories for Reading, West Ham, Charlton, Bristol City and London City Lionesses who picked a surprise victory away at Brighton. We're going to move on next and look at the WSL. Over 5 million homes are at risk of flooding, yet many people don't realise they're in danger. Even if you've never been flooded before, it can happen to you. Protect your family and home. Prepare, act, survive. Prepare a bag including medicines and insurance documents. Act by moving important items upstairs or as high as possible. Survive by listening to emergency services. Search what to do in a flood and sign up to flood warnings on gov.uk. And in the WSL on Saturday, Manchester City took some of the heat off under fire manager Gareth Taylor with a convincing win over Aston Villa at the City Academy Stadium. That is their first win at home this season in the league. It was looking like another frustrating day for City in what was a quiet first half, when the second half they really did turn the screw. It took just three minutes into the second half for Caroline Weir to curl in an absolute beauty to open the scoring. Two minutes later, Georgia Stanway bundled home a second from a corner. Hayley Razzo scored her first goal in the WSL after a mistake by Villa goalkeeper Hannah Hampton. Razzo then got an assist as she squared for Lauren Hemp to tap in and Razzo then got her second as she knocked in a rebound. Well, Elsa, will the real Man City please stand up? That was more like it from them, wasn't it? Yeah, it's definitely more the Man City that we all expect to see and all think that we know as well and... I think it was clear the squad felt like they had a point to prove as well after the result in the Conti Cup. And um, they got what they wanted. They went out there and got the win that they needed as well. And it would have been a relief, like their manager, Gareth Taylor, said to finally sort of assert the dominance again and be like, look, we can do this. I know they've had quite a sort of uncity like start to the season, not the side you'd expect to see, not the side I'd expect to see anyway. But um I re- also really enjoyed watching George Stanway this season as well. I just think she just sort of can save the skin a little bit sometimes. She just doesn't stop working and she's just such a great player for them. But it's definitely nice to see them getting back into their uh, Man City blue floor of things rather than the sort of rope start to the season that they have had. Yeah, Georgia Stanway always looked really shocked when she scored and <laughs> she did so again <laughs> on Saturday. And the big players as well, as well as her, uh, Lauren Hemp, Caroline Weir and Hayley Razzo also stepped up to the plate, didn't they? They did. And I really enjoyed seeing Lauren Hemp sort of come into her own as well. I think I can remember when she just sort of got into the first team and, you know, she was quite young. She's probably still is quite young as well, <laughs> um, to be fair. But um, just seeing, like, like you say, them players coming in and stepping up to the plate as well. It's also just great to see. Yeah, Carla Ward said that her that was her worst defeat as a manager and she felt hurt. And for as solid as they were in the first half, they didn't really lay a glove 
on Man City in the second half. You look at the stats, I don't think they forced a corner. I think they only had one shot on target. So they could only keep it up for so long, I think, couldn't they? Yeah, really, yeah. And they could only sort of keep them at bay for as long as they could. So the early kickoff on that Sunday saw Arsenal come away with the three points from Manchester United. Beth Mead hit the bar early on, but then Vivian Miedemar broke the deadlock early in the second half. And she's now scored against every current WSL team, which is a great record to have. Kate McCabe converted a penalty after Iofi Manina brought her down. And United were lucky not to concede another penalty when it looked like Hannah Blundell had brought down Mead on the edge of the area. Replays showed that it was actually on the line, which is a penalty. And But as it was, we have no VAR, so it was just a free kick, which Miedemar crashed against the bar. Arsenal were topped by a point while United dropped to sixth. I mean, I think it's one of those ones where it can go either way. And in this case, it went for a free kick. But this is why technology is needed in the women's game, so that errors like this can be overturned. And that way, yeah, there might not be as much pressure then on the ref to give the right decision. But we we as fans and fans of the game, we never know what the referee is thinking in that moment. So maybe if they do in, decide to get the technology, we can sort of understand their thought process. And I think Miedemar was very unlucky not to score the free kick with it just ricocheting off the bar. But it's just one of those things, unfortunately, that happens in the women's game. And Ailsa, Arsenal are just a juggernaut this season, aren't they? I mean, we talked about the Champions League dominance so far, barring that game against Barcelona. And in the league, they're, they're really consistent, aren't they? Yeah, juggernaut is certainly uh, one way to put it. <laughs> Um, yeah, they, ha- they haven't lost a game so far this season. I think they've got one or two draws in every other game is just to win. And they're just on a great, great streak at the moment. And it's going to take someone really special to stop them, probably. Uh, they're playing Chelsea next Sunday, which will be a great game. Um, like I said earlier, there's only one point between them on the table at the moment. And so both sides will be desperate for the three points and the bragging rights as well. And Vivian Maidema is just another player that I've really enjoyed watching this season. Um, I can remember when she joined Arsenal and everyone was excited then, you know, when she came in, like, who's this new player? Like, what, how, what's she going to be like? And she's just truly blossomed into one of the greats in the league, I think. Alex, it was a really interesting interview by Mark Skinner afterwards. He was maybe having a little dig at the board when he said he had a quality squad, but not enough depth and that they wouldn't reach Arsenal's level without recruitment. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? It's something we've discussed before on one of the pods that the difference in quality and the difference in financial gain between clubs like Arsenal, Chelsea and United, perhaps. But although United, I think they they have more than enough quality and more than enough money to be able to afford players. I think he's just having a bit of a, a moan about the fact that things didn't go his way. United in general, but both teams aren't going through a good time at the moment. So they're trying to deflect the attention away from their performances. But teams like United, they have the resources, they have the facilities. It's not like Leicester who have just been promoted and are still struggling to find their way in the league. So I think, to be honest, he's just having a moan because he, was, he, he wasn't happy that he didn't get many decisions. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And Manchester United are still... 
down in the table. There's West Ham above them and Manchester City. We'll get onto them very shortly. But Reading got a big victory over Inform Brighton. Tash Dowie opened the scoring on three minutes after Megan Walsh couldn't hold Fliss Gibbons' shot. Brighton dominated the second half, but they were done on the break when Emma Harries wrapped it up four minutes from time. And ALC, it's a great recovery from Reading after a really bad start to the season, isn't it? That's 10 points now from 12 for Kelly Chambers' side. It definitely is a great a great sort of backtrack, especially with the points, like you've just said. And, you know, with a player like Natasha Dowie as well, she's just great, isn't she? Like, she's one of the big names in the game, I'd say. Well, maybe not one of the big games, but she's always just been there. She's one of the sort of originals from the league, I'd say, as well. Mm. And, yeah, it's definitely, they've come back in the way that they needed to. And they just need to keep on and just keep pushing. Is she in the evergreen Natasha Dowie bracket now? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. She's just one of the names that I always think when when I was younger and the league wasn't, you know, it was a bit sort of lower, you know, it definitely wasn't on Sky Sports. She's one of the names that comes to mind that I'd always think, she, you know, she was good. She is still good now, obviously, but she's just one of the players that I always think of, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Alex, we've talked about Brighton being underdogs, but they probably went into this game with slight favourites, didn't they? And do you think that pressure maybe got to them in the end? I know Hope Powell was really disappointed that they didn't get going. Oh, for sure. Because we've discussed before that, you know, Brighton could be that underdog team to perhaps push for a top four spot. And maybe the pressure of that and being talked about a lot more when they're not used to it. That's probably what got to them. And yeah, I hope Powell probably is disappointed that they didn't get the win and the performance wasn't what she'd liked. But at the same time, Brighton are doing a lot better than they were last season. So there's, you, I don't know how to say it, but there's still hope for them. But maybe they just kind of need to assess these games against teams like Reading and be a bit more proactive and a bit more forceful. Not forceful, but bit more passionate and making sure they get the point the easy points when they can because it's going to be difficult to grab points against the likes of Arsenal Chelsea City are starting to make a comeback so get the points where you can and then assess from there Chelsea they entertained second bottom Birmingham during the week they sacked manager Scott Booth and appointed former Birmingham men's player Darren Carter's interim head coach Carter's been doing some coaching at West Bromwich Albion ladies and they got off to the worst possible start. Chelsea took the lead after just four minutes when who else but Frank Kirby lifted the ball beautifully into the net. And Sam Kerr, as we mentioned, signed a new deal this week and celebrated with a hat-trick in the first half. She slotted home with Jess Fleming's pass with just 20 minutes gone, then added her second and Chelsea's third after a goal scramble and grabbed a hat-trick on a stroke of half-time as she headed in a rebounded shot. And then it was Kerr and Kirby combining again. This time, Kerr was the provider. She squared for Kirby to tap home. I won't get into it again. I mean, we mentioned Kerr and Kirby's partnership earlier on, Alex, but the big thing about Chelsea now is the whole team's contributing, aren't they? Yeah, and it was so lovely for Fran Kirby to get her 100th goal for the club as well. A lot of the talk generally with the Kirk-Kirby partnership is generally Sam Kirk. She tends to score more goals, so sometimes Fran goes a little bit under the radar. But Fran definitely deserves her moment in the sun. 100 goals is a phenomenal feat for any striker at any club. And for her to have got it, it's just, yeah, it's really good. And we've already mentioned, you know, Sam Kirk signed a contract extension earlier in the week. And what a way to cap it off with a hat-trick. I mean, I don't think there's many players who, got, who have done that before. So she's breaking boundaries, 
those two what partnership there's nothing really more to say about them I think Frank Kirby's my favourite player when I watch her. I look at some of the men's players and think, do you know what? Some of them aren't even fit to lace Frank Kirby's boots, but there you go. That's just uh, that's just me thinking out loud and <laughs> having a bit of a fanboy moment over Frank Kirby. Um, there was upheaval at Birmingham, as we mentioned this week. Um, Ailsa, do you think they pulled the trigger too soon? Uh, possibly. Um, the WSL is a hard league to be part of and... It can be a little bit sink or swim sometimes, like Man City are having to fight back now to sort of reinstate their sort of right to be there, even though they're obviously nowhere near, you know, coming out of the league. It's, it is a very hard league to be part of. And if you're not generating the expected results, you'll definitely pay for it. So Birmingham were maybe trying to get ahead of the game before things got sort of too bad. The run of results that they've got at isn't great at the moment. And, you know, they maybe don't want to go into Christmas with it being even worse and then coming back in the new year and it's still not great and there's still not a good energy around the club. So it was maybe just them thinking, right, we need to sort this now to get back to a great way of playing football. But they really have struggled in recent re- in recent weeks with defeats to the likes of West Ham and Chelsea, like you say, and Aston Villa. And it's just, it is a shame to see them struggle as well. It definitely is. Got that huge clash with Leicester coming up in December, and who will be bottom? Who will be second bottom? As it is, it's Leicester who remain bottom currently. It was the first ever WSL meeting between Leicester and Everton on Sunday. It took place at the Pirelli Stadium, and it was another late goal conceded by Leicester. Simone McGill rounded goalkeeper Demi Lamborn in the 81st minute to give John Luke Vasseri's first league win as Everton manager, and it's now eight defeats out of eight for the Foxes in the WSL. West Ham moving to fifth position as they claim their first ever WSL win over Tottenham. A 69th minute goal from Danny Bringer's daughter gave Oli Harder's team all three points. Chioma Ubugagu had a goal ruled out towards the end and West Ham remain unbeaten at home. And Ailsa, what a turnaround for West Ham this season. They couldn't buy a win at home last season, but this season they are flying now, aren't they? They are and the another side that I've really enjoyed watching and another side that are just having a great time this season as well. And I love seeing teams come out and smash it when you wouldn't expect them to. Um, they sat quite comfortably at the moment um, you know, on, in the table above both Manchester sides, which last season you'd have probably thought, no chance. <laughs> That's not happening. And also as well, last last time they met Everton, they drew. So they'll be hoping for a win this time as well when they take on when they take them on. I think it's next week. Yeah, as I also mentioned there, Alex, it's a massive feather in the cap, isn't it? They're above both Man City and Man United. Yeah, it just goes to show that this season, the WSL has become even more competitive, that the likes of both Manchester City and United are struggling. And you know what? It's nice to see a team like West Ham, who have perhaps struggled in the past, be up there, up and amongst some of the teams challenging for the title. It makes it more exciting to watch because sometimes in these leagues, it can be quite stale and boring if it's the same teams at the top. So when teams like Brighton and West Ham, they get in there and they get up to top five, top six, it makes it a little bit more enticing because it's very boring just to see, oh, Man City have won this, Chelsea have won this. No, you want teams like West Ham and Brighton and the lower league teams in the league challenging because you want to make the league as competitive as possible. So, yeah, West Ham are definitely on a high. Well, coming up next, it is the championship. You probably think you're pretty good at multitasking behind the wheel. I mean, you have to multitask to drive. So what's wrong with checking your phone? The thing is, your brain simply doesn't work. 
for quick reply, affects your concentration, and makes you less able to react to hazards. If you use a mobile phone while driving, you're four times more likely to crash. Think. Put your phone away. And in the championship, there is now daylight at the top of the division as Liverpool move four points clear. They won 3-1 at Sunderland on Saturday. The Reds have fallen behind to Emily Scar on 18 minutes, but Jana Daniels and Leanne Kernan sprung into action to give Matt Beard's team the lead at halftime. Mel Lawley added a third just after the hour mark. Now, London City at Lionesses, they missed a chance to keep pace at the top as they went down 2-0 to Charlton. Mia Ross and a Harley Bennett on goal gave Karen Hill's team a much-needed boost. Durham had been third and they slipped another place as they suffered a third straight defeat down at Coventry United. Rio Hardy's goal three minutes from time gave Jay Bradford's side their first win of the season and that moves them off the bottom. Crystal Palace are now in third as they won 2 win at Blackburn and it was both the stars of our Instagram stories from last week who got the goals Bianca Baptiste opened the scoring on at four minutes and they had to wait until the 81st minute for Sophie McQueen to seal the points and they held on to that win despite Annabelle Blanchard pulling a goal back three minutes from time Sheffield United were beaten at home by Lewis goals from Inni Umatong Paula Howells and Lucy Ashworth Clifford gave the Rooks all three points Alethea Paul pulled a goal back for the Blades who stayed ninth but have lost four of their last five and finally, Watford go back to the basement of the division after a 3-0 home defeat to Bristol City at Gaywood Park. Abby Harrison and Chloe Bull had the Vixens ahead at halftime before Bull added a second and a size third on 71 minutes. Uh, Ailsa, this was a massive weekend in the Championship, wasn't it, at both ends of the table? Yeah, I was just thinking as you are reading it out then, what a roundup that is and what a load of action it is as well. Um, from, from all teams, like you say, from both ends of the table. But the championship is kind of trying, oh, it, well, it's not trying, it is living up to some of the action that you see in the WSL at the moment. Liverpool obviously doing great as well. And I've also enjoyed watching Crystal Palace this season as well. I think they're a great side. And whichever team progresses into the WSL next season, it's only going to add to the already competitive league. And like you say, the, the quality is just getting better and better as well. And Alex, we talk about the tight nature of the championship, but four points, it seems quite a big gap now, doesn't it? It does, but then at the same time, it could just take one match for a team to slip up. Like we saw Durham, who were sort of top three in and amongst the the top three challengers for the league. They've now lost a couple on the bounce and they're now fourth. So four points is a lot, but it's still... It's still in that manageable, manageable stage where, say, whoever's at the top slips, then whoever's second can just overtake them. So four points is, is it's kind of hit or miss with four points. If it was a bigger gap, like six or nine, then it's a little bit harder to come back from. But four, you could probably still come back from. And next weekend, it's the second round of the Women's FA Cup. There are 56 teams in action. That's 28 matches and all are hoping to join the championship clubs in the draw for round three. There are two six-tier clubs left in the competition. Clapton Community travel to third tier Hounslow while Netherton United go to fourth tier Long Eating United. One club confident of causing an upset at Liverpool Fed to a top of the FA Women's National League Division 1 North. This Sunday, they travel to Hull City, who are bottom of the Northern Premier Division. Now, the Feds are managed by Leanne Duffy, who won the FA Cup as a player with Everton. And Andrew Rayborn caught up with her and asked her about the, mo- the mood of the camp going into their visit to Hull. 
confidence is high. Um, I, th- I think we can't get away from from admitting that with with the start we've had. Um, you know, we've, we've played twelve games in total, won eleven, um, and, and lost one. So confidence has, has been gradually built up um, over that period. But I, with that, I, th- I think I have a set of players who who know that you know we've either been there before with different clubs or. Have been in and around it before with Liverpool feds that you know we're not taking things for granted that we're not even halfway through the season we know that um we know there's a lot a lot to do um but but we are focused in, in what we we can and what we want to do you've pulled whole city away out of the of the hat for the next round effectively of course that's just one place in the pyramid as it stands when we record this um although of course you've got that I guess you've got that glass ceiling. You can't prove how good you are at tier three at the mm-hmm. moment, being in tier four. But although it's on the road, you'll you'll feel like this one is winnable. I know you won't take anything for granted, but it's a, it's a good tie for you. Yeah, um, I think we've we've proved in previous seasons, even not just this season, we've proved in previous seasons that when we do get um, matched against teams in the league above, that we're, we're more than capable of of a result. So whether it would have been um, somebody towards the lower end of, of the league above or, or at the top end, we, we're always confident in if we play well, um, we're capable um, of beating anybody in the, in the league above. And you have a, a great history with the FA Cup as a player. Just remind uh, our listeners of, of what you achieved as a player in this competition. <laughs> um, I was part, I can't remember what year it was. Um, I have an FA Cup winner's medal. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, how special then is it to to try and make new memories in this competition with with a group of players further down the pyramid? Because it's all relative, isn't it? So, how, yeah. how special is it to be leading and to see this, the, the the eyes on the you know the smiles on the faces after a, a good cup win? Yeah, I think we, we only have to take us back to um, last January when we played Huddersfield in the in a round. I can't, I, forgive me, I can't remember what round it was. I think it may have been the third round, um, but we were the only fixture um, being played that day because of COVID. Um, so we had we had a crowd that was unbelievable at Jericho Lane. Uh, Huddersfield were top of the league above, um, and we took them to extra time. We, we didn't manage to get it over the line. Um, we got beat three two, um, but it was an unbelievable experience for the girls. And um, the FA Cup just gives gives you that special little bit of exposure and. Um, it's special. It's special to play in it. It's special to say you've played in it. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we we take into every game, FA Cup fixture. And of course, you're now just uh, just one win away from a potential tie against the Championship side. So that's got to really focus uh, focus everybody's attentions, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I think like like you said, it just you know you pull out one of them in 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 the next round if you get through and and the exposure they created from that is something that some of the girls won't have experienced. Um, so that that's what we that's where, where we're heading. We hope, and we'll have a roundup of all the FA Cup results for you in next week's pod. Now it's international week this week as the World Cup campaign to Australia and New Zealand in 2023 continues. The home nations and Ireland are all in action. It's Ireland who kick off proceedings on Thursday as they host Slovakia. Then on Friday, Scotland hosts beating Euro playoff finalist Ukraine. Lana Cleland and Abby Harrison have been called up to the Scotland squad after Man United's Martha Thomas withdrew from the squad. Cleland plays for Italian Serie A club Sassuolo and has scored four goals in 30 international appearances. And Bristol City's Harrison, who scored at the weekend, as we heard, has got three Scotland caps. 
Now, Scotland can move nine points clear of their opponents with a win before they take on Spain in the top of the table clash on Tuesday. Wales sits second behind France in their group. They host fourth place Greece and sit two points behind group leaders France before they travel to France on Tuesday. Uh, Ailsa, this is a massive week for the Scots and the Welsh in particular, isn't it? Um, it's definitely some hard fixtures ahead for the international side, Scotland and Wales. Um, you know, the likes of Scotland taking on Ukraine and then taking on Spain as well. They're just two big teams. They're just two massive teams as well. And I'm always surprised at the quality of some of the international teams as well. Um, sometimes I think, you know, who were some of the players going to be? And then you see the likes of some players from the WSL and the Championship cropping up in these international sides. And then just the calibre of the teams just completely changes. And it'll be interesting to see Wales if they get to take on France as well, because France are just such a big side in the women's game as well. And they've got some great players as well. And just, yeah, it's just an exciting going forward for the international sides. And yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. On Saturday, England hosts second place Austria at the Stadium of Light and Wing would see them move five points clear of the Austrians. They then host Latvia in Doncaster on Tuesday. And Alex, Serena Wiegmann was looking very casual when watching Manchester United versus Arsenal and she could be very well relaxed by the end of this international window, couldn't she? Definitely. Like England are just, they're one of those teams that have just hit their form at the right time. They're sort of bulldozing teams like ridiculously. And I think sometimes, you know, managers, when they go to to watch the league matches, it's very telling to see which, which matches they go to. And although, like, United are perhaps not going through the best run of form, the England players in that squad could be performing. So she's thinking, maybe there's something in this squad that I can then apply to the England squad and hopefully keep keep the momentum and keep the wins going but yeah I like the fact that she's just casual and very like under the radar whereas like when you see Gareth Southgate go and watch all the leagues there was panting and I always find that a bit irritating so I think subtlety is key Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> it is indeed. In the same group in England's group, Northern Ireland could move into second place if they win at home against North Macedonia next Monday evening. Well, that is it. My thanks to you, Alex and Ailsa, for joining us today. Yeah, thank, thank you for having me back on. It's been nice to speak to you guys again. Yeah, same as Ailsa. I have absolutely loved it. More, Let's keep more of this coming. <laughs> yeah, excellent, definitely. And give us a follow on Twitter at TWFP1 and it's the Women's Football Podcast on Instagram. And also please subscribe to the podcast so it gets uploaded to your device every every week. And then obviously our listens go up, we get more profile and get more awards. I've been Luke Edwards. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you all very soon. Yeah.